Hey, I'm Bob Runkle, and for as long as I can remember, I've loved pop culture. Despite the challenges I've faced in my life, pop culture has always been there for me. I love talking to people and being a platform for others to share their thoughts and stories. Because if there's one thing I never get tired of, it's seeing driven, talented, and inspiring individuals follow their dreams, no matter what obstacles are in their way. And I know a thing or two about that. Welcome to the DJ Bob Show. I'm DJ Bob. Roll it. The DJ Bob Show. Pop culture, past and present. And now, here is your host, DJ Bob. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd really like to thank you all for your support on the last episode we did with Ari Sizzo. It wasn't the easiest episode to release due to the subject matter, but it's a conversation that needed to be heard. And I thank you for your love, your words, your such good feedback about the episode. Anyway, moving on to this week's episode. Adam Kruger. He's a dad, he's a puppeteer, and now he's a book author. We talk about all of that and more. I'm so excited to share this vulnerable chat between two friends. Enjoy it. So for those that don't know you, which would be a shock to me, would you mind introducing yourself kind of who you are and what you do, give a little bit of an elevator pitch of everything you've done and are doing. Sure, sure, yeah. My name is Adam Krutinger. Uh, during the day, I'm an elementary school teacher. And then after I uh, af- after school, I go home and I teach the world puppetry online, mostly puppet building, but sometimes some techniques as well. And... um uh yeah, that's that's just I would say that's kind of my elevator pitch. I've been producing stuff online, on, mostly on YouTube, for probably about seven or eight years, and I've been doing puppetry for since uh, two thousand and eight. I got interested in puppetry through doing a lot of theater with my wife, and um, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of how I'd uh, that would be my probably my elevator pitch. And the elevator stopped. You're on the right floor. Okay. Okay. Good. Thanks. Nice. So let's talk about your book, and this is a real labor of love. And we were talking a bit before we started. There isn't a book like this on the market, not that I know of. Because um, when I got started in puppetry, I started. You know, I did. I bought a whole bunch of books, and the type of puppetry I was interested in was like television, television, and film puppetry. Obviously kind of developed by uh, Jim Henson and um, uh, through things like Sesame Street and the Muppets, that style of puppetry, there were some resources to learn about it, but I never quite found a book kind of dedicated to that style. And because they're waiting a book like this, Puppetry 101, creating film television style puppetry, little promo plug, uh, <laughs> Like, what were your steps in making this sort of an informative and fun book? Because it's not a textbook. No, it's it's not exactly a textbook. However, though, I think it could kind of be used as a textbook for people who want to um, to teach puppetry, too. That's another thing I had in mind. I'm, I'm a natural, you know, I've been teaching uh, my whole adult life. So it's kind of that mentality that I kind of have and um I pretty much yeah wrote the book that I that I wish I had when I was getting started so it's it's a it's a lot of things that I know and I've had I had a lot of help from people who were um um uh giving me advice on it too because I didn't want to really miss anything obvious um so so yeah I've had uh a a couple friends of mine as editors uh Aiden Ryan 
um, a bunch of puppetry people. Andrew Young, who you definitely have to look up. Same with Ben Jim, uh, Ben Page. Uh, my my good friend Brian Miller, who's who's a magician, he took a look at it for me too. Um, Cameron Garrity, who also did the graphic design and the layout of the whole book. I don't cover. know him. I don't know him at all. <laughs> oh really? Well, you're not missing much. Okay, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Definitely look I up can. Cameron Garrity. Yeah, he's my co-host for my podcast, Puppeteers. Um, T E A R S. Uh, Chase Woolner, Edna Bland, Jean Marie Kevins, uh, Sanya, um, and uh, my good buddy Zach Hamaser, who kind of got me into puppetry to begin with, in a way, because he was in that first theater production that I did that involved puppetry. So, what can like for him to see you basically creating this book about something that he watched you learn how to do? You know what? I never really thought of asking him a question like that that would be a very interesting question to have to, to ask him um i if i would just to, to guess i would say it's probably something that most puppet people who maybe kind of feel alone might say um i'm not to say necessarily he felt alone but you know if, if you're a puppeteer it's kind of few and far between generally and uh locally to yourself and I'm sure he was glad that he had some local friends that he could do puppetry with. And he's been a part of every single production we've ever done, I'm pretty sure, um, as far as uh, online things. And we've produced many uh, local um, puppet shows. We, we've done school shows with him and all types of things. He's uh, him, him and Cameron Garrity, it's, it's kind of, the three of us are kind of our own little puppetry troupe here in Buffalo. You're a little collective. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. So that, that that was one thing about the, about this book. Again, like I said, trying to make sure I hit everything. I've been actually working on this book for a little over two years, on and off, of course. Cause it's, it's not that long. It's uh, just about 100 pages, um, uh, a little over 100 pages, actually. So I've been working on this book on and off for about two years, but uh, as you know, this past summer, I was diagnosed with brain cancer, and it's, it's uh, put me off of work and off of being able to really uh, make puppets and, and do puppetry in the way that I want to. So uh, that um, unwillingly kind of gave me a little bit more time to yeah. knuckle down and just finally finish this book, which, um, I, again, I'm, I'm very glad that it's finished and that it's out. So, as difficult as, you, you know, your journey is with cancer, it kind of put a fast track on really putting a laser focus on this project. And you're you're doing so much good by putting this out. And I'm so happy that it is out. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it did, it did kind of uh, put uh, a timeline on things for me. And uh, yeah, that not only for this, but for a handful of projects, too. I've also uh, have two picture books that I illustrated and um, and wrote that are they're technically out, but I haven't announced them yet. But I guess I just did now. But um, I'm going to do a more formal announcement um, probably in a couple months just because I want to separate the, the time uh, a little bit. But but yeah. So something that I always ask puppeteers that come on the show is that could someone like me with fine motor skill issues and sort of hand dexterity issues be a puppeteer because you're so reliant on head movement and making sure that everything is kind of exact. So what do you think of disability inclusion within the puppetry world. Hmm, interesting. Um I think it's I think it's uh, puppetry is for everyone, everybody. And uh, I think anyone can do it to to some level. Um and not only that, but I think it has a lot of like therapeutic and OT and and PT types of um um practice within it just by by using your body in ways that you normally wouldn't. Uh that's kind of unique to puppetry. And um, you know, I think I think in the way that a lot of puppets have to be modified for for different performers. I remember talking to Jim Krupa before, 
him talking about how he built uh, for Between the Lions um, a puppet for, I'm blanking out on, on the name right now, which is, kind of happens to be a lot now ever since my, my brain cancer diagnosis. But um, he it was uh, he built the puppet for the person, and then after he was done building it, he found out that they were left-handed. So it didn't, and, and it had like mechanisms in the head, like for certain fingers. So a lot of it was kind of backward. And he did end up being able to make it work, but uh, so I would just I would say there's a good chance that um, if if you want to be a puppeteer, you, you might need um, a specially made puppet that can um, uh, accommodate whatever needs you might have. Um, maybe more of a mechanism puppet, um, and and maybe even uh, have it modeled. Because um, I, I think this is something that from listening to your show and and talking to you and being friends with you is um maybe maybe it could um be a character that's in a similar situation as you yeah so I, uh because i know you i think you talked about before I've, I've heard you talk about how um um like people in wheelchairs aren't always represented the right way um on, on shows they they use very old-fashioned style wheelchairs am, am i misremembering that or no that can't be absolutely right oh that, yeah yeah absolutely right but honestly the thing is, too, because I'm, you know, I just, there was a point in time on this podcast, even, that I never used to talk about my disability, and I'm so glad that I do now, because it's... Freeing, uh, right? It's a secondary, it's a secondary character of the show. Mm. Like, it's, but it's not in this preachy kind of... Let's all learn together kind of way. It's just there. Yeah. 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 That, that's I, that's kind of how I'm treating my newfound condition as well. Because, um, like, in a lot of ways, I don't feel like I have cancer. And, um, you know, I have good days and I have bad days and I have really bad days and I have really good days. And, um, yeah, it's going to it's gonna be like that for a long time for me. So just kind of my, my new normal. And... When did you realize that you couldn't sort of, <laughs> this is bad wording, that you couldn't have a pity party for yourself? When did you stop, okay, I got to get up and I got to go and I got to do something instead of worrying or wait it from the jump when you, of course it was scary, but when did it sort of click in that, you had to adapt and you had to keep going. Um, I would say it clicked in like immediately because, uh, you know, I've always been someone who've, who's uh, been very easy to keep myself busy with projects. I have too many projects. People say like, I've, you know, people have told me before, it's like, oh my gosh, you produce so much. I constantly seeing things you're posting and it's like, and, and, and they say it's a lot. And like, to me, it, it's not enough. I'd like to do 10 times as many things. So, so again, I just, like I, like I was kind of mentioning before, it kind of immediately made me refocus. Okay, so I'm not going to be making puppets for the next year. Um, so w what will I do? I can't do nothing. So that's when I, I dug into this, into this book. And then, and, and, and those other two uh, children's books that I mentioned to you. And I'm actually kind of um, just starting another book, kind of like a, a sequel to this puppetry 101 but but not not exactly a sequel like it won't be called puppetry 102 but um but it'll be essentially what to do next you take these skills and then kind of how to directly apply them to a specific situation so i think keeping busy is a big part of you know what's helping the what's helping both of us get through our challenges but i think the main thing that people don't focus on, even people that aren't going through situations like ours, is that, like, it's okay to just have boundaries and know when enough is enough. Like, don't overwork yourself. And people tend to do that so much. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah, and actually, one thing I should probably point out, because people might be wondering... You have brain cancer. How does that stop you from being able to do puppets exactly? Um, from from like physically, and and what I would say is um, because I I don't know if it's common with all brain cancer, but I imagine it's pretty common within brain cancer. 
how I discovered that I had it was um, by having a seizure, which I've never had before in my whole life. And uh, so I never, I never had any migraines, any headaches. The way I found out was just I had a seizure and then I was taken to the hospital and that's how they discovered it. But um, and within this condition, I've, I've had many seizures, which um, puts me at risk for using tools like exacto blades, saws, all types of tools that I typically use in puppet building. So I haven't been able to use those for, for a, I can't drive now either. So I can't run any equipment. Um, and, and they recommend, and I shouldn't say they recommend by law, at least for driving, I can't drive for a full year from my last seizure, which was on Halloween this past year. So I'm not going to wood. Hopefully I don't have any more. And once that time comes around, I can get back into using all my regular tools. But in the meantime, I'm trying to get back on building some stuff again. I planned up a project or two that won't require anything really beyond scissors. Um, and, 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 and hand sewing's fine too. It's not, that's not too risky for me, but I've also, I'm trying to automate a lot of the work to some of the cutting and whatnot. So I was, we were very fortunate to have been gifted a, a laser cutter, um, for, for Christmas by a, by a certain foundation that helps people who are, who are going through some tough stuff. And, um, so I, I just got a laser, uh, cutter. And uh, I was able to just get a 3D printer as well. Which that's is, cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm, I'm trying to learn that now. Um, right now, my dad has been doing modeling forever. So I'll, I'll kind of sketch something or talk him through it. And then he'll kind of 3D model it for me so I can print it. But I'm trying to learn how to model myself. I, I just, the printer just came in uh, last week. So now I got to get on the horse and start learning the, the pr program I downloaded, which is free and open source, which is nice, is called Blender. And you can use it for 3D modeling and actually all types of things. But that's what I'm trying to wrap my head around now so I can be a little bit more productive. Try, again, trying to use up this time where I can't do things the way I would normally want to do it. So, but yeah, it's, again, keeping busy. And it's giving us the time to talk, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, although I, I really do miss miss uh you know school my my day job, um I should be going back as of now in in May. Hopefully by then I'll be able to um, uh, I'll be able to adjust to all my medications more so because right now, um a lot of my medication makes me very very drowsy. I have to currently like take a nap in the middle of the day, and uh, and um for one week every month I do oral chemo. And that really makes me pretty sick as well. So that that's, again, hopefully my body will adjust to that um, as we get closer to May. But um, again, so that's kind of my current situation. And we are stronger because of our hardships. <laughs> you know, cancer or not, like if, like if you sit there and you complain and you, you kind of get sad about yourself that's not doing anybody any good no not at so all you, so you just have to take it take it moment by moment and sort of see where it comes so something something that i wanted to bring up today is your book has some great puppetry endorsements I mean, mm. with Dave Gold writing the forward and, you know, your back cover comments. So your connection in the puppetry world have helped you a great deal, I would assume so. Oh, yeah. yeah we've been able to build lots of relationships and contacts through doing, well, actually just through, through um, well, yeah, through, through a lot of things that we've done, going to the O'Neill, going to the puppetry festivals, being part of Puppeteers of America and Unima, which I would recommend everybody do. I'm actually currently in the board for Puppetry of America as well. And, um, and, and again, the podcast, what, what's helped really with that is getting to know people uh, even better beyond just like meeting them and, you know, camaraderie of being puppeteers, which has been really nice. I mean... So when you get the forward back from Dave Gold, what's your reaction? Oh, I was I was I was blown away. I was I was really blown away. 
Um, he's been he's been wonderful, and he's been staying in contact with me as well. He like monthly sends me an email. Say, I just want to check in on you. How you doing? How's your how's your health and everything? And it's just like, I I just it's he's just so nice, so kind, so generous, so thoughtful, and uh, it's, it's been wonderful. And again, I and I don't mean it of, of just him either. Really, the entire puppetry community has um been really helpful to me and uh and very supportive to me and my family during this time everybody came through for you and you know because we are friends i kind of knew what happened before you publicly announced it and instead of me worrying i said you know what and soon as he's good enough to talk let's chat and I yeah. believe a month later, I said, it's okay. Okay, so when are you coming on the pod? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that was uh, at that point during my surgery. So we did wait uh, probably the perfect amount of time, I would say. But, uh, but yeah, but that was one thing that was really, I, I debated about. Obviously, I would let like someone like you and other close friends know. But I was, I was, I would say, very public with it, with that video, that my initial video kind of announcing my situation which was it's i did not expect it but it's crazy it was seen by over half a million people at this point so um that was not my intention to to that it would get i had never expected that it would get uh that kind of a reaction from people it went outside of the puppetry world without a doubt but my reason for doing that, again, because we talked about it a little earlier about like the petty party and stuff, like that was not my mentality at any point. The reason why I did it, I was like, I think this might be able to help somebody in some way. Because for me, it was so random. I was like, I mean, I wouldn't say I was a specimen of health. Like I'm not like I don't have big muscles and stuff. I probably have a good 20 pounds I could lose, which would be make me a little better. But um I felt healthy, and and again, I I rarely get sick. I never get migraines or headaches uh, my whole life. Um, So this was just such a shock to to think that you are relatively healthy and then to find out you have one of the worst possible things that you could imagine and have no clue until it's... um, you know, until something extreme happens, like like that uh, seizure that I had. So that's kind of why I wanted people to know is it's like even if you feel think you feel fine, it's like it doesn't hurt to um to get checked out anyway every once in a while. Because I actually, for another reason, about three years ago, had my uh, head scanned because of uh, high blood pressure, and they want to make sure there's no clots or something. So oh they, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They they scanned my head and. Yeah, they would have noticed it there. So this was really onset what is, in my opinion, relatively quickly. I don't know how fast they actually um, can grow, um, but um, it seemed fast that three years ago there was my head, my you know, my head was completely clear, and then all of a sudden I have this uh, big tumor that's giving me uh, pushing on my brain and right in the wrong spot that's giving me seizures. And you're just like. It must have been a shock at first, and then it was like, okay, what are we going to do now? Like, what? What's going to happen now? Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was crazy, especially since, uh, you know, again, I, I got to uh, shout out to my wife, of course, too, because I probably wouldn't be alive right now without her. She's been taking wonderful care of me, too. She's, uh, she, she's out of work, uh, right now, which is, she, she, um, took off this whole school year to, uh, be my caretaker which, um, again, I, I could not have done this on my own from from the standpoint of just my memory problems, remembering things from from driving standpoints that I can't drive. And again, just taking really good care of me and while also taking care of our, our family. We have a, a one-year-old and a three-year-old, so she's got a lot on her plate. And, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for uh, the situation, um, you know, being dealt this tough card. But luckily, we we've had a, I've had a lot of support in many ways. So you know, you've done so much ever since the diagnosis. I mean, of course, it was filmed before, but you're on a reality TV show. Yeah, that was a little uh, awkward timing, I would say. 
because uh, especially, you know, the casual person looking at my feed and stuff might think I'm completely fine now because, oh, they say, oh, you're, you're on the show now. Again, that was all filmed. It was actually, it was filmed early in the summer. And uh, my, my seizure where I discovered the, the brain cancer was the week after I got back from the show. So, um, so yeah, it was all, it all happened really quick. And obviously I looked, um, which is a, another reason I was a little hesitant because I didn't want to like shock, um, people, my audience from YouTube is cause I looked very, very different after surgery and stuff. Um, which actually I posted recently kind of a timeline of, uh, how I looked throughout every month last year. So I did, uh, people can take a look at that if, if they want to. Um, but, um, for those reasons is part of why I also, um, haven't, uh, been making much videos, um, on top of just not being able to use a lot of my tools. But, um, yeah, I didn't want to shock them or scare them, uh, and, and me looking so completely different, especially with that stuff from the show running, um, online where I look completely normal and, um, and how, how I always have looked, so. Well, it's all about transparency and keeping it real with your audience, but there's, there's also a line there that you don't want to cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I don't want to confuse people. I don't want to scare people either, which is another thing I was trying really carefully not to do um, because, believe it or not, strangely, it's strange to kind of say, I'm not worried, and I never really was worried. Yeah. Although it is a really bad situation that I'm in. But, um, you know, I'm just a hopeless optimist, and I kind of always have been. So Something that I've learned is to expect the worst and hope for the best. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I have heard that before. I like that a lot. Expect the worst, hope for the best. That's, uh, I guess I would... That would uh, describe my situation. Well, you got you well. got you got the worst. I got the worst. I got one of the worst. No, yeah, no. But but again, I'm so grateful for the support that I have because it wouldn't have been possible to get as far as I have uh, without it. So, so we're kind of jumping across all calendars here, but I don't really care. So we're just having a, a conversation. So sure. One of the things that I do on this podcast now is. I turn the table, so I always ask if you have any questions for me about my work and what I do, just so we can have a genuine conversation, and if you want to know anything, fire away. Yeah, yeah, just, uh, I guess I wonder for you, is like, what drives you to keep doing this? Because you're like one of the oldest podcasts, you've been doing this for a long, long time, and uh, yeah, what, uh, what makes you want to keep doing it? There's always someone new to talk to. Yeah. And there's always an email saying that, you know, I got an email the other day saying that I had an anxiety attack, but I listened to your show and it calmed me down right away. That's not something that I try to do. It yeah. just happens. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, it's, it's amazing the way things that you create or do affect people in ways you never intended and never could have imagined i mean because when i was when i started this show it was the product of a 15 year old kid who who just wanted to do a show now it's much bigger than that not in scope in the interviews we get but it's it's almost like my my job to yeah. to have these impactful conversation can you know hopefully impact one person yeah absolutely yeah that's the goal if you can reach at least one person and, and um in a meaningful meaningful way yeah i'd say you, you did your job for sure because you've seen it from a behind the scenes point of view because you know cam cameron garrity and i you know, we work together, he designed our logo, so you've seen everything from the by-machine point of view. From when we last chatted to now, 
what do you like about our podcast? What do you enjoy? What, you know, what is, what do you think of it? Um, what I love about your podcast and, and podcast and, and, uh, some other podcasts do this. And that's what I try to do with mine is, uh, again, keeping it into just a conversation. Cause sometimes we'd have people on, they'd be hesitant or nervous because like, Oh, I don't, I don't, uh, you're not getting nervous for interviews. I'm like, it's not an interview. We're just talking, you know, we're just talking. And, um, Cameron kind of makes it a little more interviewish with the kind of, uh, with his, cause he, he's a planner. And I'm a shoot from the hip kind of guy, um, which is why I think we work well together. Um, we're kind of, um, yeah, the, the Bert and Ernie um, contrasting uh, ways of um, how we manage ourselves, how we think. But there's a lot of things that are cohesive about that, too. And we keep each other in check. And um, but, uh, yeah, just keeping it, a, you know, a casual conversation, almost like like uh, when I listen to your podcast, like I'm someone just like in the room listening or you're talking it's like you're talking in the waiting room of a doctor's office and i'm just overhearing it so feeling like you're kind of part of the conversation in there in a way and truth be told sometimes i get sort of self-conscious about this podcast because sometimes i say the same thing on every episode i tell people the same stories about my life and how I started this show, but it's like the guests that I've had on might not have heard this show. Why do I care? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is uh, sometimes, you know, podcasts are interesting, whereas like sometimes someone will just find one of your episodes right in the middle. So then they get to hear that story. And the people who have been following and maybe listen to every single podcast to them, hearing that story is like, uh, you know, um, just like it's part of the writing on the wall. Just but your your story is part of who you are, and they kind of probably expect you to say it um, in some way. So yeah, it probably it's it's good for everybody. Yeah, like I used to be so self conscious about it now, but but now it's like keep it in, like make it real and <laughs> make it organic, and... and you never know how the guest is going to respond to it. You might get some great insight or um or you know a great uh it might make them maybe they have someone in their family in a similar situation and uh right. it's, it's a reason for them to bring it up where they they right. wouldn't have been able to or, or maybe thought to um talking to somebody else i'm like always talking to someone in the entertainment industry like a higher up director of some show or whatever and i said when I do this podcast, my goal is not for you to wake up tomorrow and go into the writer's room and change your script because there's something wrong about disability inclusion or something you wrote was wrong. What I want you to do is go in the room and at least think about something I said and hopefully in turn, it turns into something good for you. So it's not a radical change, yeah, but it's... A thought. Yeah. It can thought. And it's, it's something that I really take care of. I don't want to make it sort of like a make-a-wish kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. People tell me, oh, you're so inspiring. Now, <laughs> that could be taken as two different things. Yeah. That could either be taken as, oh, you know, you're going through this or you're going through this and you're still going. And it's like, what? You get up out of bed too. You have problems. I don't call you inspiring. Yeah. No, no, that's uh, that's a really good point. There's either that or there's either like, oh, you know, you're doing, you're doing something amazing with this brand and it's inspiring to see you doing this after 13 years so, and you can tell when they're saying which one mm-hmm. two so it's it's really interesting and you've always been an artist and sort of a teacher but what has content creation taught you about the medium of what you do um 
I don't know what it taught or is teaching me necessarily, but um, the reason why, I guess I was kind of answer that by saying like kind of why I started doing it. What, why I started doing it and why, why I create content and make these videos is uh, really just for an excuse to be creative. Because before, like what would motivate me to make a puppet or write a story? right? Like, what's going to give you that drive? So I told myself years ago, I was like, I want to release a video of me making something every Wednesday or, or they're just teaching something, make a video every Wednesday talking about puppetry in some way or, or making a puppet or a technique. And, um, it gave me a, a reason to make things. And that's what I did for years. Now, obviously, for the last six months or so that I haven't been doing one every Wednesday, haven't really made any puppet videos since uh, that incident. But, um, but you know, I want to get back to it, and, and I will. But, uh, yeah, it's just a, a reason to be creative. I feel, I feel like a lot of people need a reason. Like, they wait for a client, or, you know, they want... Obviously, it's nice to be able to make money from, from your art in some way. And uh, that's the best re one of the best reasons to um, to be creative and to, and to make something. But um, one thing I found, especially in our current uh, uh, world that we live in, is the more you do, the more you do, right? So yeah. even even if these puppets and stuff I'm making just for my own self, uh, and I post it online, you know, people notice it and then they might make them think that they want one too and then they'll maybe contact me about a custom puppet or something whereas like even people who do professional work if you look at their their instagram or their website or whatever and it shows that they haven't done a project in two years you might you know that client might even look at their account and think oh looks like they maybe don't do things anymore when really those people are twiddling their thumbs waiting for, you know, the next gig to call. So keeping yourself active and producing things, even when you don't necessarily have a client, uh, can be a very important thing to keeping your business running. But I, know, but I have friends who say, like, oh, well, I can't just use up materials and do this or that. I'm like, well, it's kind of, uh, you know, you write it off as a business expense and, and you know, it'll keep you sharp and it'll keep you relevant. Um, for people who are who are watching and following you, you know, so many people they want more followers, but they're not really doing much. Yeah, and and by definition of that word, you can't follow someone who's not moving. They're following you because you're going somewhere, you're doing something. So if you're not moving, you can't really be followed. So, yeah, yeah. Truth, truth be told, yeah. In 2021. I went through a really bad breakup yeah. and it was, we're being candid here, so I'll just tell you, we are, and so I went through a really bad breakup and it was so, it was so life altering that I considered ending the show mm -hmm. and ending anything creative. Because I felt like I couldn't be without this person to be happy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, after a while, after like three weeks of being like uh, depressed and super sad and I still did have my moments, I created. Even if I wasn't in the best headspace I still created no absolutely that's what you have to do which is why you know I gave myself that deadline of Wednesday it doesn't have to be Wednesday it could be any day for anyone but um yeah you know it's uh there's another uh, person that I follow and, and listen to their podcast Seth Godin and um and he talks about that kind of thing too like you just need to do it and you need to put it out there because uh, so many, that's another thing people do, especially in writing. And I could have done this with this book is, uh, you know, like it never feels ready. How do you know when it's done? Well, you'll never really know until you just put it out there and, and get some feedback on it. 
And, um, and, uh, you know, and so why do I create something? Because it's Wednesday. You know, if, if you need an, a reason, give yourself a reason. Because if you don't give yourself a reason, you probably just won't do it. So I give myself a very simple reason because it's Wednesday. And even though my content sort of really evoked those feelings that I was feeling, mm-hmm. it gave me an outlet to just to let people know that I was still doing it for me and them. Yeah. But now I'm in a healthy relationship and my girlfriend and I, we listen to those conversations that I was in. And sometimes she'll tell me, you know, you weren't yourself. Mm. And I'm like, I I know. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I wasn't. But the fact that I have this time capsule of, like, how I was, and and you have videos of how you're going through this diagnosis, it'll be telling in years and decades time knowing how you were. Yeah. That's another reason why I like documenting uh, the work that I'm doing as well. Because I also have another channel where it's my family channel, which I don't talk about and promote it because that's not what it's for. It's just really for pop posterity of of my family so because like when i was a kid we do home videos and then it'd go on a vhs and be in a drawer and we could never really access it by just putting it on youtube you know my family in california can see it my family in florida can see it and they don't have to ask me they can just look it up and, and 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 watch it and um and you know there's there's things you just don't want to forget you know and uh and, and, and that's part of why I do it too. Uh, I, I sometimes used to use my own tutorials to remember how I did something. Like, how did I do that again? And then I just go back to my video. I'm like, ah, that's right. That's what I did. So it's, yeah, I, I don't think of it as much as content, though it definitely is. And I do frame it that way. But uh, it's just really documenting projects that I'm doing. So I just flip on my camera and start making. And the opening and ending are shot at the same time. I just call, I call them bookends. I put the bookends on. So like today we're going to learn how to make uh, this. And then, and then I go straight into, well, thanks so much for stopping by. If you want to learn more about puppetry, make sure to go to puppetnerd.com. And then I just put those bookends on whatever I was just making. So it seems like it could be a lot more complicated than it is, but really I'm just documenting what I'm doing. So here's a concept that I kind of want to throw at you. You know, when you started out doing puppetry, there weren't a lot of resources. Think about this. What if this is some 10-year-old kid's Christmas gift and he wants to learn puppetry from your book? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that would be That would be wonderful. It's kind of what you know, I do hope with everything that I do is that just to make people interested in this, you know, puppetry has been so good to me. It has been, you know, it's been such a fulfilling um, hobby slash career slash just interest that I'm I'm excited to share that with other people because it's, it's the, per- I say this a lot, but it's the, it's the perfect combination of everything that I love. For a long time, I was a magician. There's definitely a magic to puppetry. Um, I'm an artist, and this is this is a puppet that I make is a sculpture. I'm a performer. I get to perform performing art, uh, and it's uh, a lot of people incorporate. You know, it's like a dance, especially when you're doing it with multiple people. And and also puppetry, unlike most theater shows, like you need a whole cast. Um, I can I can put on a puppet show all by myself, or even better. I can bring in people. So it's like there's really no limits. I can paint my own backdrop and do it alone in my in, in my bedroom, okay? And and put up a video camera and have an audience by posting it online. There's really you can you can just do anything. It's really a combination of like every single art form that I can think of 
in one. You're creating a world and a story. And that's, that's what art is. Yeah. Sometimes I ask myself, when it's a really rough time doing this podcast and I'm not getting interviews and I'm not getting the the recognition that I want, I am, I always say, why am I doing this? And then, you know, you you remember and you and you remember why you're why indeed you're doing that. But do you ever have moments like that where you just when everything is difficult and you're just like, why am I doing this? And yeah, absolutely. And then Wednesday comes around and I just do it and I never regret it. That's why I gave myself such a simple reason to to be creative. I made the bar low enough that I can jump over it every time. Maybe I need to come up with a day where it's just sh- to make sure that something comes out because right now it's so it's better now, but it's so sporadic. And maybe I should just just set those goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you're having trouble reaching your goals. You're aiming too high. Aim lower. You got to aim lower then. And it doesn't, that sounds like a negative thing almost. Aim lower. But it's just like, if you, if you make it an impossible thing to achieve, like, like a lot, I think a lot of people do this when they discover that they're like, I want to be on Sesame Street. I'm like, I'm not saying it's impossible, but you'll be happier if you aim a little lower. Like, I, maybe like, I want to do my own YouTube channel with my puppet. Like, that you can actually start doing right now. There's very few people who have a full-time career um, doing television puppetry. Very few. And those who do go from gig to gig and and also wear multiple hats. They'll be uh, you know puppetry captain. They'll be a director as well. Again, which is also a wonderful, prestigious thing to do. But it's not like they're just having fun all day with a puppet on their hand. And, and a lot of times they're chasing the next gig, which again... I'm not saying these people are unhappy. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying, is that the lifestyle you want? I know for me, not really. I'd love to have the experience to to be in, you know, a movie. Well, I've done movie stuff as an actor a little bit before, background stuff. But I'd love to do it for, for a puppet show um, or, a, you know, a TV show or a movie. But uh, and if that doesn't happen, that's fine. It doesn't, you know, I, I, I do a lot on my own. I don't need it, but it would be a really wonderful experience to to do it. But um yeah, you just gotta aim aim lower. So talk about content creation. So what can people grasp from this book? What's the ultimate takeaway that you want people to get from it? I would say the ultimate takeaway is one of the things I said earlier is just that puppetry is for everyone. And and a, a common theme kind of throughout the book is start where you are, right? A lot of people, that's they have trouble starting because they want to know where's the best place to start. You know, if you, ha- if you are a singer, maybe start with writing a song for your puppet to do. If you can sew really well, maybe start with making your puppet. And if you can't, you can hire someone to... to to make you a puppet or you can just buy a cheap toy puppet online just to get started with something because a lot of times you don't know you just don't know what you don't know you know and some people are like oh i don't know what to do for a story or you know have it do commentary you know sit down next to your grandparent or something and have the puppet have a conversation with them and um have uh do have it do commentary on a tv show you're watching or something commentary is huge online for things and um it's a great way to essentially come up with free content without having to rack your brain over a new storyline each time so there's there's so many different things you could do there's a lot of basics in here too about different types of puppets within the style and technical stuff as far as like lip sync and stuff but there's also a lot of stuff on how to build a show and you know best practices for, for practice how, how to practice puppetry because that's one thing i notice a lot of people too they want to they just want to learn on the job and that's how it was back when you know henson first started the people he hired 
I, I think most of them were not puppeteers because it wasn't really a thing, you know? Maybe they were interested in it and they could do, they were actors, like Fran Brill was an actress and would do voices and stuff and they, they brought her in and they, they, she learned puppetry on the job. It's not like that now. It, if, uh, if uh, you know, one of these places has auditions, you got to kind of come there with the skills to some extent. You know, they don't, they probably don't expect you to be perfect, but you better be pretty close, especially if the person next to you auditioning is perfect. So, um, you know, practicing is important. It's just like, it's anything. It's, it's a muscle. You know, if, if, you, if you're a singer and you don't sing for 10 years, you'll still be able to carry a tune, but you, you might not be quite as sharp. So you really want to practice a lot too. And, um, and just being part of the community. I have a whole chapter on joining the community. There's so many local puppetry rings. And, um, and like I mentioned earlier, there's Unima for all over the world. Puppeteers of America, which everyone should be a part of that. Uh, you, even if you're not, don't consider yourself a puppeteer. If you're just a fan of puppetry, you know, that's a great way to support the puppetry community. And um, and at the end, I have an addendum, too, with a bunch of resources for, for puppetry and, and, and puppeteers as far as renting puppets for productions, other puppetry podcasts, um, venues. And, and obviously, you can you go to UConn if you want and get a degree in puppetry for people, which is something I love telling people because their eyes widen. They're like, there's you you can get a degree in puppetry? I'm like, yes, you can. Like, there's there's a lot of stuff out there for for higher education for puppet building, a lot of websites, my website, puppetnerd.com, and there's puppet things for supplies, and uh, puppet makers, um, uh, what is it, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking out, uh, Beyond the Sock is a wonderful program yeah. that they do in Texas um, through, oh God, I'm blanking out on the, uh, what is it, Project Puppet, that's what it is. They're, they're a wonderful resource. There's so many things that people can, can do um, to get started. And, but that's what it is. You just got to start. You got to do it and give yourself an excuse to do it as often as you can. So where can people check out this book? It's everywhere. It's, uh, it's available on Amazon. Just type in Puppetry 101 and it should come right up. And uh, it's, uh, there's a link on my website, puppetnerd.com. Um, it, it's on, it's the link in my bio for every social media on Twitter, on Instagram on my Facebook page. Um, so yeah, so it'll be pretty easy for people to find if they're interested. And where can people find you on social media? Um, most places it's at, on, on YouTube. It's puppet nerd. Um, on Instagram, it's at Adam Krutinger. Um, and on Facebook, it's Krutinger puppets. Well, I just want to say, Thank you for taking the time today. And, you know, thanks for being such a valued supporter of what we do here. And I love you so much. Thank you. Yep, love you too, man. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. The DJ Bob Show. Pop culture, past and present.